Hi, we've got three stories from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about the evolutionary reason why you listen to some songs on repeat, the morning routines of high-income earners, and how you can boost your Wi-Fi signal with aluminum foil. Put on your tinfoil hat and let's satisfy some curiosity. There's an evolutionary reason why you listen to some songs on repeat. Finally, research can validate why I listened to Taylor Swift's Shake It Off over and over, even though it came out way back in 2014. I mean, I do this with the theme song to every new Smash Brothers game that's coming out. So which of us is worse? Really? <laughs> I think the answer is you are. Oh, is it now? <laughs> well, we'll see what Smash Brothers Ultimate has to say about that when it comes out in a couple weeks. We certainly will. <laughs> Well, we all know that evolution favors traits that help you survive. For our ancestors, that meant stuff like trusting what they already knew and distrusting stuff they'd never encountered before. If they'd survive something once, then chances were they'd survive it a second time. That's the idea behind what psychologists call the mere exposure effect. Basically, you like things more just by being exposed to them. But there's something different that happens when it comes to music. That could be because our brains process music a lot like they process language. In other words, as if it's information. In nature, birds, wolves, whales, and other animals mimic each other's calls to signal that they're part of the group. Well, early humans were probably similar. At some point in our evolutionary history, those nonsense noises branched off into music and language, but the two stayed closely linked. So complex music thrives because of that idea of music as information. Take Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen, for example. It's layered with so many different melodies and voices that you could listen to it five times in a row and notice something different every time. The idea is that if you can keep hearing something new with every listen, you'll keep coming back for more. But complexity is only part of it. I mean, let's face it, sometimes we just listen to something because it's catchy, right? Well, in 2013, a University of Michigan study found that of the songs participants liked listening to repeatedly, more than two-thirds were happy, energetic tunes that got them pumped up and ready to dance. Bittersweet songs that made people sad and wistful were also big winners. And while not as many of those songs made the cut, the participants reported re-listening to them many more times in a row than the happy songs. It's that emotional connection that could explain why some songs don't get stale even after years of repeated listening. The emotional payoff is reliable, kind of like a mood-regulating drug. And that's really what it all comes down to. If a song makes you feel good, you'll want to play it again, regardless of whether it's a complex masterpiece or fluffy pop. After all, the haters gonna hate, 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 hate. <laughs> sure are. I like that you danced while you did that, too. <laughs> you can't do it without dancing. No one else could see that. <laughs> but it happened. A recent survey has found a few big differences between the morning routines of high-income and low-income earners. Ready to switch up your morning routine? Although I'm pretty sure Ashley already shares the habits of high achievers. I'm pretty Aww. sure you do all these things. Well, let's see. It wasn't really intended to be a compliment. It was more <laughs> just an observation. Well, let's look at my wallet first. I don't know. <laughs> well, a recent MSN poll used a combination of traditional polling and big data techniques. It wasn't exactly a peer-reviewed study, but MSN claims it's as accurate as a traditional scientific survey. Now, in some ways, the results show the routines of all income levels were pretty much the same. Half of us ignore mom's advice to always eat a healthy breakfast, and few Americans of any income level lay out their clothes the night before. Although I do that. Whoa. Yeah. But here are three things rich people do. First, they plan out their days. 
Almost half of the super rich earning more than $175,000 a year plan out their day, compared to less than a third of those who earn below $75,000 a year. Do you plan your day, Ashley? I plan the major activities, sure. Okay, so you're like half there. Yeah. All right. Second, rich people are more likely to work out in the morning. I know you do this. Definitely. More than one in 10 Americans earning $175,000 a year or more hit the gym in the morning, with that percentage declining steadily as incomes go down. And finally, rich people watch less TV news in the morning. Middle class and wealthy people prefer to get their news online instead. People with lower incomes tend to switch on cable news. I know that neither of us watch network news. Right. Now, to be clear, just because these behaviors are correlated with higher incomes doesn't mean they cause higher incomes, as evidenced by two people in this room. <laughs> I mean, in <laughs> fact, they could probably go the opposite way. Like, if you have a higher income, you have time to work out in the morning and plan your day. Right. There's that important caveat. But try to plan your days, find some time and energy for a morning workout, and actively select your news sources. Who knows what might happen? Today's episode is sponsored by Pimsleur. Pimsleur is the conversational method for learning a new language. It was developed by Dr. Pimsleur, spelled P-I-M-S-L-E-U-R. And the Pimsleur method works. That's why it's been used by the Marine Corps, the Navy, and business executives, among many others, to learn new languages quickly. Pimsleur is a convenient, hands-free way to learn. It's perfect for turning your downtime into a new skill. You can reach an intermediate level in just 30 days. I did this. That's because the Pimsleur method is based on groundbreaking research that combines language and memory. That includes Dr. Pimsleur's graduated recall principle. It's a scientifically sequenced schedule built into every lesson that ensures your brain moves what you learn from your short-term memory to your long-term memory. Don't just take our word for it. Try the full course absolutely free for seven days. Risk-free. You've got nothing to lose but everything to gain. Like a new language, a new perspective, and a better understanding of other cultures. You can sign up today at pimspeaks.com slash curiosity. That's P-I-M-S-P-E-A-K-S dot com slash curiosity. Aluminum foil has often been associated with the delusional and conspiracy-minded. So the idea that aluminum foil could boost your internet speed might sound pretty silly. But in 2017, a team of researchers found that it actually works. And you can use it, too. Ready to boost your Wi-Fi reception? Am I? I think my mom's house needs this. I'll just bring a big roll of tinfoil to Christmas. <laughs> so a Wi-Fi signal is a particular type of radio wave. Except instead of broadcasting audio to play in your car speakers like AM radio waves or energizing water molecules to heat your dinner like microwaves, it encodes the ones and zeros that your computer reads as internet content. The signal broadcasts from your Wi-Fi router in all directions but it has its limitations. It can't go more than about 150 feet, and it's easily blocked or absorbed by building materials like metal and concrete. But you might be able to use that to your advantage by putting up aluminum foil or soda cans to reflect the signal where you want it to go. Well, a team of researchers led by Dartmouth University wrote an algorithm and fed it data about their building layout and which rooms their Wi-Fi signal should target. That helped them make a custom 3D printed reflector made of plastic and a thin layer of metal. Translation, they covered the plastic and aluminum foil. And the little contraption only ran them about 35 bucks. The team hasn't made their software available to the public yet, so you'll have to wait for your own custom shape. But if your Wi-Fi drives you up the wall, it may be worth trying some DIY aluminum foil solutions in the meantime. We've got a video with one idea in our full write-up on this, which you can find on curiosity.com and on the Curiosity app for Android and iOS. 
There's also a link in today's show notes. Join us again tomorrow for the award-winning Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.